0: In his work. Hello everyone. Once again, welcome to another episode of The Dumb Will Speak. I am Roy, and we're back to record a uh just a catch-up episode. Uh if, if hopefully you've already listened to our uh <laughs> marathon session with uh Jared Payne of uh, oh, help me. Pilgrim's Coffer. Pilgrim's Coffer. Sorry. I'm
1: Having and a, I don't have my cup again today. I, it's downstairs, actually, but I, we had a pastor's breakfast this morning, so I'm still drinking out of my Yeti cup. I'm sure Jared will forgive you. I'm sure. I, 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 I hope he will. But, yeah, it's uh, it was a marathon, but I'll be honest with you. it um, Very enjoyable. I, 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 I tell you what, we went into some, we scratched the surface on some deep theology. Let's put it that way. Right, we, right, yeah i mean to to have him back and be able to hone the focus on a certain uh, single doctrine s- or topic yeah, would be uh, fascinating because uh, he would have been one that'd been interesting to have during the roundtable of the of the uh, end times discussion of the uh you know the end times discussion he he would be uh, interesting in eschatology.
0: yeah, I agree. I think he'd be fun to have for soteriology. Which is oh yeah i i I still want get want us to get pastor tom on and 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 have a go at that sometime whenever he's got some time uh in the future um one of the things I'm really um today j- just wanting to do is I just wanted to keep us on schedule after, and apologize to the people once again for such a lengthy delay. This may have been the longest delay we've had since we began uh recording.
1: Um, well, you had, you, you guys had COVID and we had COVID. It's just been, I mean, and mine was spaced out with my family of four where it was a month long, you know, the way we were getting it. And, um, so it just, just one of them life showed up.
0: Both of my kids got it, but they don't live in the house anymore. Uh, but it, you know, it cost them some work time and some pay, um, my daughter's uh, boyfriend got it. Um, I don't think his parents got it, uh, but I don't know for sure. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's been an interesting few weeks. It's been an interesting last couple of months. Obviously, we've had some issues. You know, we've we've addressed the 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 the, the tornado situation in December, not long before Christmas. About I think it was exactly two weeks before Christmas Eve,
1: December twelfth. Yeah,
0: and then we've had since then. This week, in the last couple of weeks, we've had. Anything from ice storms to I had a giant flood. My backyard has a a wall of uh, a whole layer of silt on it where a a creek that adjoins my backyard um, is flooded up. I think the beavers have dammed up some. They've they've chopped down some some trees with their teeth and have built a dam and so everything flooded and it flooded our neighbors' backyard as well. You know that low valley below my uh, basement window, and um, it was it was raging. Uh, all day thursday and and yesterday it started to recede and i noticed today the sun's out it's actually receded back to the banks of the the creek but even the creek has gotten wider than it normally is and i know that's because of those beaver dams but uh, i may have you over in the spring bring some tnt and we'll
1: just blow it up and have a party (laughs) ah get rid of the beaver dams you know it's it's one of them too where if i'm not mistaken thursday morning when it started raining sometime thursday Wednesday night, early morning hours. There. I think it rained four to six inches, best accounts I've heard, by, what, three o'clock Thursday?
0: Yeah, it was like a monsoon. Chaylen. there are parts of the county where, and a couple of adjoining counties, you know, what, what I do for a living is I deliver medication, home delivery of medication and stuff, and some minor home medical supplies. I don't set up beds or anything like that. That's a different department. But I do take some minor supplies or whatever, CPAP and all that. Man... There were roads where we just could, we had to tell them we can't get it to you. We'll get it to you tomorrow. <laughs> you know, so oh. so yesterday was awful. We were trying to catch up.
1: Yeah, it's been terrible. I mean, it, like I said, it's just been one thing right after the other. It seems like of late, you yeah. know. And then the world is burning around us as we know it. I oh, mean, I know. Yeah, everything seems I to keep mean, falling apart. Look at Canada,
0: man. With oh, the, it's terrible. You know the uh, with those uh, long haul truckers who. We're protesting the government and some of their mandates, and that's turned into now a, an emerg- apparently an emergency situation in which the prime minister, Trudeau, has decided to assert a, a law that's only been used one time, and that was by his father, Pierre Trudeau. Um, and honestly, it makes a mockery of emergency powers. He's created a police state over some truckers having protests. Now, granted, Canada's history—they're not used to having protests in the streets quite the way America is. America was founded on protesting, basically, and always has been. I mean, that's—that's that's what the Declaration of Independence was—was was a written formal protest, almost in the same ways of, of the Protestant reformers with the 95 Thesis, with Luther, and other 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 uh, other written statements of faith. Well, in America, politically, we we began with that sort of thing, with this writing up a declaration of all of our grievances against the king. And ironically, about half of those grievances really should have been aimed at Parliament. But formally, we were a king's colony, so we had to go that way. Anyway, history lesson. But the the point is, we're a different we're a different society than Canada. We just think of Canada sometimes as our friendly neighbor to the north, you know, and that almost like the fifty first state because much of our television is actually filmed there. They use Toronto to substitute for downtown New York and things like that. Sure. And it's, it's not. They're different. They're unique. I know a few Canadians, and they are different. They're they're unique people. They got their own culture, and while they may be socially some of the nicest people in the planet, and they're very law abiding, they they aren't handling the 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 the, the great creep of uh, of social tyranny very well. They are definitely falling under, and the churches there's a handful of really good, strong, faithful, conservative churches there that are trying to say no, bring us back to where we were. Canada used to at least part of Canada, it used to be very Christian, highly Christianized. Other parts were not. But uh, I don't know why we're doing this history lesson. But I guess just to say because you brought up the turmoil, that, that thing has been really bothering me as I've seen that unfold this week, you know, throughout February, is they're like cracking down on them. They're going to take their trucks from them. They're going to cut off their bank accounts and all this other stuff. And, I mean, if, if there's ever been a reason for you to not want a cashless society, and I actually <laughs> heard James White say that, in an early episode this week of The Dividing Line, this is proof why you don't need a cashless society. You don't need electronic everything because they can just shut off your accounts. Well, and,
1: and, and don't take this the wrong way, but it's like, for me, we run a business. Uh, we get a lot of stuff out of Canada, and it's just totally disrupted our our business to, to it's a nightmare, you oh, know? Oh,
0: I'm sure it has. and And yet I understand, again, on some level, why the truckers felt the need to make a statement very few people in canada are willing to do it and that was one group of people that said no you know we're we're going to stand up for what they what they thought were their charter rights we call them constitutional rights here sure. ironically their charters only existed till not since in the current form since 1982 and <laughs> i believe trudeau's father was involved in the the design of those rights but i guess it just doesn't matter anymore people are going I... people are going to trample you know uh I call it human rights, basic liberties. Uh, and I think our founding fathers felt that way. Um, I think it's the same basic liberty that ch- that started in the formation of the church in the Roman times. And when Peter and those go to the Sanhedrin and say, you know, you tell us you we can't preach God or you'll throw us. You can't preach Christ or you'll throw us in prison. Do what you will. We have to serve God rather than man. Sometimes certain things are more important than our personal comfort. We have to get out oh, of our comfort dear. zone and realize that there's... There's a need to be met here, and if people don't stand for truth, then they believe lies. When you believe lies you've you've lost all you've lost all sense of really of humanity god's image is being is being smashed when you do that
1: Well, look, and you and I've talked about it a long time ago. I don't agree with the mandates. you know I don't have a problem if somebody wants to get vaccinated I, I myself am, so I don't care if somebody does or doesn't want to. It's their choice, and I understand. You know what they're doing, and I've I worked for a Canadian company for many many years, and I still talk to a lot of those those gentlemen that work at that company. Most of them have because they had it a little different than we had it here. They couldn't go out to eat, they couldn't go to their kids' hockey games right without yeah. vaccination. So most of the people that I know, they're vaccinated, and they went on about their way. But I also understand where the truckers are coming from—that they don't want it. I, I, I'm and I'm okay with that. You know, it's just something we've got to get through now um, as as a company. You know, we, we don't get all of our stuff, but we get some stuff from there. And uh, trying to navigate those waters has been difficult when you're running on tight deadlines as it is. So, sure. Oh, I'm sure um, it's disruptive. It is. But, once again, I support, you know, their right to be able to do that and, 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 and to be able to do what they're doing. I support it, but it, it's still... Yeah, it's going to be inconvenience. Well, and and you may support it, and report. I may support
0: it. Obviously, it shows us in my opening statement that I support it. But most of Canada does not. <laughs> that's just it. So, so they're dead in no, the water.
1: Their protest is going to go absolutely nowhere. A high percent of Canada is just doesn't support it. And and there's rumor of one that's starting in the U.S. I heard the other day. I, I haven't read anything else about it, but there was talk
0: of being like as a sort of solidarity with them that some people here would yeah, do it, you know, cuz they they blocked the bridges that um let's see what state is it that they blocked the bridge from
1: Canada into the US. No, it was no, no, no. It's, one it's, mid, Windsor, it's one of the it's one of the great lakes. It's, yeah, yeah. It's one of the great lakes. It's it's the Windsor crossing, which by the way if you ever get the chance that that drive when you when you cross at the Windsor border and you drive on the four hundred one up to Toronto uh-huh. is one of the most beautiful stretches of road I think I've ever been on. I love that. It's flat. Did you know I've never? Just...
0: You know I've never been out of the country. I've never been to Canada. Oh really? I've it, never been to it, Mexico. It
1: beautiful. I it, it was.
0: I, I don't I don't know what it is, but I've just never left. I've never traveled out of out of out of uh, cross our borders, either north or south, and I've never took a plane. I've never flown in a plane, Taylor. <laughs> Oh, it ain't that bad.
1: It's easy. I I don't know. I just have no desire to.
0: I don't know why. I just, I'm not really big on, on long distance travel. There's still plenty of things to see in America that I've never seen. So I need to get around to that before I croak or, you know, or not. It doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) I I will never forget getting off the plane in Toronto. The first time I'd ever traveled Toronto, I get off the plane out of uh, Nashville and I get on this plane and I land and I am so naive. To travel, that I don't think to exchange my money. I just my uh, my system overrides everything. You know, my culture becomes the most important culture on the planet, and <laughs> therefore my money is good enough anywhere. So I, I I get off the plane, and apparently they're redoing the Toronto airport. There's no English. Everything is in French.
0: Oh I yeah,
1: You're... <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm trying to find. And uh, there's a car picking me up to take me to my hotel. There's a a guy that's supposed to pick me up at the, at pickup. So there's a, a car arranged for my pickup. So I go I go downstairs and and I, I finally find where I'm going. Baggage claim, and I finally find it. I get to the hotel. Don't have a credit card <laughs> that I have called to let them know I'm traveling abroad, so it won't work. I can't check into the hotel because I have a hundred dollar bill on me and they won't take a hundred dollar American cash.
2: Oh, and wow. there
1: for 24. Oh, it was, it, uh, it, it, I learned a lot from that first thing. You know, now it, it'd be, you know, no big deal to do it. But it, you know, that first time was like, I had no phone at work. Cause your phone is outrageous up there. If you don't, you know, I, what I do is if I travel now, which I don't do it anymore, but. I would add so much to my phone to where I could talk. I could make phone calls while I was there. And, right. You know, but I, I didn't do it then. So, yeah. It was uh, it was interesting, uh, to say the least, you know? Well, you know, recently
0: you and I were talking about, uh, I, I mentioned somebody that I, I watch on YouTube, and you told me that you've watched him too, which is Tim Frisch. Uh, you know the. It's You've called, watched him a lot more than I have. Yeah, yet, a, I know don't. I've been watching for I don't know a year or two, but uh, a fresh perspective. Um, I saw something this week. It was interesting. He had a guy on there, and it it was interesting enough that I went on and subscribed to that man's channel as well. And I'm trying to find it here so I can tell you about it because it's so interesting. Okay, and um, it's a fellow out of Canada. Since we're talking about Canada and, and money exchange, different stuff. Um. I just don't know why, but I can't find this guy's channel. Okay, his name is Dwayne Green, D-W-A-Y-N-E, Green, no E on the end, just G-R-E-E-N. And it's fascinating, he's a guy who grew up in a fundamentalist, Baptist, King James only system Mm -hmm. in Canada. Okay, I don't really think of Canada as being a bastion of the IFB movement, but, but I do know there are some, because... Well, when I was young, I knew somebody that went up there. A whole family went up there as missionaries, to mission, you know, to convert the Great White North to IFB. Uh, But anyway, is that what
1: we're going to call conversion? That okay. leads to that. I, I, don't
0: so, wanna, I don't. I don't. I don't want to veer too far off course, but that reminds me of something else, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, it's got to do with the definitional gospel. What is gospel? Okay, we'll get back to that in a second. But Dwayne Green is on Tim Frisch, and they're talking about Bible translations and the the TR movement. You know, T- yeah, Textus Receptus only, not necessarily King James only, but Textus Receptus as the proper um, Greek textual basis for translation. And things like that. And different names were mentioned, uh, Doug Wilson and others,
1: and uh, Dr. Jeremy Riddle, who literally wrote the book on that. Um, uh, Boy, Doug Wilson's under a lot of fire right now. I mean, they just call him a heretic and everything else all over the place.
0: um, Well, you'll have to tell me why. But anyway, it made me watch Dwayne Green, and he had Doug Wilson on there. And this has been a long-winded segue to tell you this. As I'm seeing myself reflected back on our team's meeting, Right here at this angle. I look like Doug Wilson because I am fat, middle-aged. My hair is styled in the same way because I need a haircut right now is what it boils down to. And my beard is solid white. By George, I look like Doug Wilson.
1: But Doug Wilson is under fire because he's Doug Wilson.
0: Well, what is it? What is is it James White calls Doug Doug Wilson Wilson, Derangement Syndrome? (laughs) The internet has Doug Wilson Derangement
1: Syndrome. That is essentially what it is. I mean... It, it um, it, it, he's just under fire for being.
0: Look, has he had some points of view in the past that I don't necessarily agree with? The whole federal, the whole federal vision thing, and that group that he was involved with for a while that wrote a book on the history of slavery in America. It, I can see why. I, I myself find some of those views a little wonky. Very wonky. I actually discussed those recently with with my wife, even as I was watching a video of Doug Wilson. I I paused it and then told her about Doug Wilson because she didn't know who he was. But uh, yeah, it's really sad. I'm going to have to trim my beard. I look look like Santa Claus from below the mustache. Why is my mustache still dark, but the rest of my beard is white? I don't get it.
1: That's why you clean shape like I do.
0: That's true. You've had a beard before. Yeah, but it's not good. I thought it looked pretty good on you, man. I like dudes, what can I say? Oh, so anyway, so this Dwayne Green guy is pretty cool, and um, uh, it's kind of fun to watch a guy deconstruct, as they say, deconstruct his old uh, kjv onlyism and, and come to grips with now. Sure. It's, not, it's not the only way. And it's kind of fun. And I saw him on Tim Frisch, and that led me to his channel. And the first video I watched on his channel, there was a comment below by a woman who must have her own channel because it had a picture on there on a profile picture. And she said, hey, hey, Dwayne, just wanted to say hi. I found you through Tim Frisch. <laughs> I just watched your interview by Tim Frisch, and I found it fascinating. And now I'm watching some of your videos. And I'm like, uh, yeah, me too.
1: <laughs> it, you know, and Frisch, i tell you what what I've watched of him. I, I think the one I watched was the LSB... Um, didn't he review the LSB? He, it the, he the has, he's done
0: two, he, he's done, I don't know how many videos regarding the LSB from the time that they announced it on up to the release of, was it Philippians that they released first as a PDF? Remember that we, yes. And yes. then the gospel that, of that Mark, was the first one we got and then the gospel of Mark. And then they started putting out a few other things. And eventually, the New Testament, then the Old t- now the entire Bible's out, and he now talks the about things out. And he was just talking about he, he gave him a he gave a little suggestion. He said maybe don't have your Bibles printed in the Netherlands, the big plush ones that they're doing, the expensive ones, simply because oh, yeah. it's too I've got one. S- simply because it's too slow and it's it's taking too long. They've had a back order from the very beginning, and it's not easing up. He got one. I don't know if he got it as a review copy or if he paid for it. He didn't say. And it doesn't matter. You know, he does do Bible reviews. For all I know, they may have
1: given him one. I don't know. I, I, I've got... No, I don't have the LSB. I, I, I'm the old the old dog with NASB. And, you know, I've been that way. But I'm not NASB only, let's be clear. But, you know, I'm the old dog of NASB. I just like, I just like the NASB. I well,
0: mean, you know, you know that. What I liked about Frisch was he got... Um, when the church was shut down in Canada... Mm-hmm. Uh The younger, the younger guy, the redheaded guy. Why am I not? We we talked about him on our James show. James Coates. Yeah, he had James Coates' wife on there and interviewed her. Yep. And then he eventually got James Coates on there, and he's let them speak their mind and say what they need to say. I appreciate that. When some people railed on John MacArthur, or some liberal group said that he was a he was two faced and that he preaches against the prosperity gospel and yet he lives in a mansion and has this and this and that. And he pointed out, okay, wait a minute. First off, compared to other homes in the area of California he lives in, it's not a mansion. Secondarily, his income, most of his income, comes from writing books, and and that's that's his business. It has nothing. To, it's the Bible doesn't preach against obtaining money. It preaches against use the love of money and making it an idol and becoming becoming Great. idolatrous. But. Again, the essentials of the prosperity gospel is something totally different. It's saying if you do this, this, and that, God will prosper you. He's bound to it. That's the genie God thing that you've heard me say before in our private conversations. I don't know if I've ever used it on this show before. But this idea that you rub a lamp three times, you, you know, you say a prayer three times, name it and claim it, and God's going to be bound by your prayer to answer it in the way that you request it. That's, that's satanic. That's not Christian at all. God is not bound to do anything. When God, God answers prayer, even when we don't think He answers prayer, because His answer may be no. I'm sorry, end of rant. Well,
1: I, I just want to correct you a sure. there, okay? Because the 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 love of money is the root of all evil. If all you right, want to KJV.
0: No, it's not. No, it's you the, know, the root but was of the all kinds. Really it. Pl- it's
1: all kinds because you know one of our one of our things we used to say Which was means types. If it's the root of all evil. Then we have to go back to the Garden of Eden.
0: And why did Adam sin? There must have been some money involved.
1: What? Yeah, there must have been money involved, as it was. But it's, it's But look, I'm going to tell you what. The love of money will drive you to greed, lust. Oh. I mean, it'll drive you to a numerous amount of things.
0: You'll do horrible things out of greed and avarice. There's no doubt about it. Hence in the Ten Commandments, it, so much about covetousness, correct? You shall not sure. covet this. You shall not covet that. Why did it enumerate? It's the longest commandment in there why because our greed is one of our biggest problems on it obviously and god knew that that that's man's problem his sin is that he yeah. wants and wants and wants actually what was the sin of eve she coveted the fruit if you look at it correctly that's what she did she coveted it she said oh it does look good and it looks like a fruit that could make me wise so she believed the lie of satan when it, what did he, and what is the original sin of, of satan in on earth not in the, Necessarily in the, in the spiritual realm, we think pride was his first sin. But that's what he appealed was to Eve's pride. But what did he use? What did he use as the way to put a wedge between her and God? He questioned the validity of God's word and God's sure. promise. He said, did God really say this? Is God really going to kill you because you eat this fruit? If you eat it, you're not going to die. Well, you're not going to die today. but But death entered through that, and the sin curse entered through that.
1: It, yeah, and that was we actually correct me if I'm wrong, Roy, not a directly to us, but witness somebody use that as a prop up for King James only because of the wording in other translations. Am I thinking right? Um, sort of, yeah, yeah, kind of do. I mean, I mean, if I'm thinking right, that was used as a prop, and um, but you know, I guess one thing. We, how do I say this? One thing that's been kind of on my mind lately is still and I think about it. As you, you know, this was. A, you remember talking about this?
0: Yes, misreading scripture with misreading eyes. scripture
1: with Western eyes. I think that's one of the. But we've kind of briefly talked about this, and I took a look back at that book because the way we Americanize all aspects of the gospel. Um, and somehow I heard MacArthur say this the other day, you know, people tell me, and they've told me for my 50 plus years of ministry that I need to bring the Bible to today. And, 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 and he would say this, there are, there's applications for that, but we need to take the, the listeners of the message back to biblical times to understand that original meaning, what is culture heritage. It all comes into play to understand that and that, and I guess that's what's kind of been bugging me is that we are that we're that we just kind of Americanize it. We just kind of Americanize it. I got a sick one. Oh really? Yeah. Hey You're girl feeling better?
2: Mom wanted
1: to go get me medicine from Kiowa. Okay. So <laughs> We have a guest so got, We we had a guest appearance from that's, my oldest. That's who right. Has had a stomach bug. Ah uh. And so that's about as bad as a
0: a toothache. And I've had that lately.
1: Yeah. And and so, so we had a guest appearance here. And so her mama has gone to pick up some medicine and, um, and so, yeah. So we Americanize everything and you and I talked about this and talked about this, but it's kind of been a, a renewed thing on my mind here of late listening to things, um, that are coming out. Just the way if you listen to any quote unquote facebook pre not any but most facebook preachers or whatever right most of these guys that have become popular uh especially in the last five or ten years there there's no preaching of sin there's no i mean I guess take it full circle they they call somebody like us who believes that you should be um saved and, and then when you're saved you become more holy because you become more Christ-like. That's, the Apostle Paul if you remember when he writes Galatians his burning desire is that and there should be any pastor's desire that the flock become more Christ-like they become more holy and Absolutely. you've got this weird mix now between the antinomianism and um, and legalist but they're both <coughs> two sides of the same coin is what's bugging them you know the antinomian says
0: disregard the law completely. Where's the we're grace?
1: Grace, just do whatever I want to do. I can but
0: will flip it? But what does he say? And I believe it's in Romans. Do we sin more that grace can abound more? And it says, forbid it. Absolutely not. We sin. We become more like Christ. There should be less sin in our life, less habitual sin in our life on a daily basis. We don't want to sin to try to get that grace and prove that we're under grace. Negative. We actually want to do what is right because we we now worship a holy God. Yes, He's loving. Yes, He loves us. He He died. He died. He sent His Son. He died to save us. But that doesn't give us free reign to act like the pagans or to go back to being like sure. we were. But when we were a pagan, and, uh, and then e- easy believism, the easy grace. I, I, we've talked about that well, so many times. It's like that that thing really bothers me. Just say, it, just hold your hand up. Say this prayer if you want to go to heaven. That is not. How you are born again?
1: And antinomianism is a heresy. I yes. mean, it, it is. It is a heresy. And but then and legalism at its
0: at its extreme can be as well.
1: You're and so and they're two sides of the same coin because this guy is antinomian. He's a legalist in that he isn't bound to the law. And then you've got the people over here that when we said King Games only it got me thinking about all this that I it kind of come together in my head. You get the King James, only that makes a law where there's not a law. Yeah. And and there's another guy on Twitter right now doing what what psalm is it that <laughs> your word is purified seven times? Oh boy. Stop using that in defense of King James only. You isn't? know, we
0: talked about that with Jared uh last time, 2 weeks ago. And um yeah, we brought that up. Um it, you know that that's that's that is such quackery. That is taking that that am totally out of context again it goes back to context right to historical context it, and what was the psalm does. about why did david write it etc and it is a psalm of david what's it for and what was it meaning if you take one verse out of context and say see this means that the word of god which is what the bible right well you could say the word yep. made flesh is jesus so maybe the word is jesus do you get what i'm saying we we we, we have this sure we have, we can we can we can Overclaim anything you never take a verse out of its context i'm not saying there aren't verses that have specific there isn't one section of 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 scripture in some place what we call verses there might not be a sentence or a paragraph or a phrase that is definitely distinct and and means this and it always means this throughout the scripture i'm not saying that for all times but in many cases where we've built up doctrines or where we built up um methods of preaching and teaching the word that are not really they're extra biblical they're not really biblical is that we took a little small portion of scripture and then ripped it out of its context and said here's what that means no it doesn't just like it i can do does. all things through christ it strengthens me you're taking it out of the context of paul's of paul's uh, uh, uh almost martyr speech in which he says i've done this has happened to me this this and that but i'd endured it for you you the church i love you you're my brothers and I can do all these things. Why? Because Christ strengthens me. I did it for you because Christ is in me, and he, and he and He allowed me to do it. In fact, He caused it to happen to me, so that I would be this witness for you. Why is that not on the tennis shoe, huh? Why is the whole uh, context of that? You know what I'm talking about? Because it's on a. Oh, well, I know. That's on what's his name, the the basketball player's tennis shoe. Is 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 that 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 little? A phrase, I can do all things, and it has the reference to Scripture, and great, so be it. He may be a Christian, I don't know. Uh, but the point is, that is being taken way out of out of line. It's like saying, I'm a great basketball player because God strengthens me. No, no, no. He did gift you, maybe, but that's not the issue. That's not the issue. It's not what that verse is about, and I, I just can't stand for Scripture to be just ripped out of context line by line or page by page and just said this is this, and now we built a whole doctrine on it. There are entire denominations well, that won't allow music in their church because they believe there's no music, and they take one little phrase in one scripture and say, that's my basis.
1: But you know it as well as I do. It happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's whole denominations built yes. upon built upon just false pretenses Yeah, that don't exist. I mean, it's like you said, there's the domination with no music, there's... You know, frankly, you get into Pentecostalism. Look, I mean, they're reading literally the speaking in tongues out of out of context, context. It's, uh, to, to some gibberish. When Paul addresses uh, uh, some, it. some them,
0: groups, make water baptism, including the one that won't allow music, makes water bit baptism a part of your conversion. You must do this. Sure. In addition to confessing your sin, or you're not saved.
1: Well, and then you've got. Um, they take the well, i was saying about the one the Pentecostals, they take the the, the speaking in tongues when paul in <laughs> corinthians addresses it if you remember i think it's in corinthians where he he talks about if you speak in gibberish basically he uses an onomatopoeia he uses an onomatopoeia to to describe it He goes if you're speaking in blah 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 you know yeah. then then you're that's nothing I yeah mean, he, he i think i
0: think in that he says if you do this and I'm thinking King James because that's what I grew up with. It's like, what profit is it? In other words, what did you gain yes. from it? What, what, what was? Who was edified? Who really gained from this display? Is this really of God, or were you just feeling it? Now, some would say, "Well, I was in the spirit. I was in the spirit." And you can find levels of scripture where it says, "And I was in the spirit on the Lord's day." Of course, you can. What does that mean? Well. And people say, well, it means different things to different people because some people being in the spirit, they're just more spiritual than others. Okay? Well, some are more spiritually mature. Some are more spiritually minded. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I fight my flesh every day. I know I have problems. I'm a corrupted man, and I know that. So I don't consider myself necessarily a very spiritual man. But I'm living by faith, and I'm attempting to allow God to sanctify me and, and make me better and more like him. And some days I do better than others, and some days I utterly fail.
1: Well, you know what? But I don't kind of like this term Paul. that
0: being more spiritual than someone else. Some people, yeah, let's face it, some people are more holy. They're more sanctified. I like that term better. They're more sanctified than others. You know, I'm sure Mac- well, John MacArthur is definitely more sanctified than me. I'm right. sure he still has his days.
1: I, I The other day I was reading a quote um by Paul Washer and, and it was, it was Paul Washer. There's a guy that makes you think you've about... lost
0: your salvation every time he preaches.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and, and Paul, bas- and Paul Washer basically kind of gets on this thing and he, he says, look, you know, if somebody, you, you, if you say you repented of your sins and have turned from your sins, but yet you are not growing in holiness, then you are not saved. Yeah. I mean, that is part of it. We need to be growing and holy. Now, all of a sudden, people are like, well, you're doing a works-based salvation. No, no, I'm not. but
0: isn't that what because James teaches us? You say you have faith, and you don't have any works. In other words, you don't have any fruit to show it. I tell you I have faith, and I can prove it because Christ is doing a work in me. Therefore, I'm outwardly working. It goes back to Paul, working out your own salvation in fear and trembling. Working it out, making sure you know that you are saved, and then when, you, as you know that you are, obviously you're being sanctified, you're becoming more holy, you're doing the works of the faith, and the works of the faith is not sitting on your laurels, resting on your laurels and saying, I said a prayer once, and well, I affirm he- that Jesus is the Son of God. Guess what? The devil affirms that Jesus is the Son of God. He may lie at other times and try to get man to not believe it. Just as he's tried to lie and make man believe he doesn't exist as well, and that hell doesn't exist, and heaven doesn't exist, and there is nothing. You know, the atheism of of, of the modern era, the early modern skeptics, that's not the point. The point is, in the Bible, we see that the demons cried out, they're devils, and they understood that Jesus was the Son of God. And they're like, oh, it's not our time. You're not here to destroy us, are you? Why? Because they know he will destroy them one day. They're not under any illusions. They know their time is short, and that's why they work so hard to corrupt as many as they can, because they hate God and they hate his creation. That being said, they still know Jesus is the Son of God, yet they're not converted, correct? They have no repentance. They're correct. So why are well, they not remember- converted if they believe? Belief alone is not what saves you. It's conversion of the heart.
1: Well, and if you remember, too, um, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and then, you know, that's that great, by, by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of works. You, you, you have nothing to boast of your salvation. It's all him. But then verse 10 you're created for a workmanship, under yeah. good works for Him.
0: Because that's what He designed you for—to do things for that, Him.
1: Yeah, and, and that's what people forget. They, they, you know, people will, oh, I, I, people will stand on the doctrine of uh, justification, and they will even, they will even teach that you're saved by grace alone through faith alone. That it's all of God. But this whole process of sanctification which Paul addresses a lot in Galatians. Paul addresses a lot in his letters, but in Galatians, he really does. They don't like the doctrine of sanctification, that in the middle of justification and glorification, there is a process of sanctification that may be painful. That growing in holiness may be painful. It may be doing things you don't like, but there is still this growing in holiness in the middle of justification and glorification.
0: Do you know what I link it with? What? The circumcision, but not the circumcision of the skin. It was the circumcision of the heart that Paul talked about. Sure, you are uncircumcised in your heart, and because of that, when God has to start, when God does that, when He does that, when He gives you that saving faith, and you're called into repentance through grace, and you're saved, right? Mm-hmm. Then He starts cutting away the old man. That's the circumcision of the heart to cut off the to cut off the outer core and leave what's inside clean. We we that process of cleaning us, like you said, is painful. Wow, we have to give up parts of ourselves. It's How one of those things we like, you know, there's things about sanctification that cause a lot of people to say, well, I don't want to be saved because I don't want to give up this or give up that there. They don't understand. Once you're saved, God will do get rid of that stuff for you
1: in time. Look, and it may be sometimes that it's painfully, it's almost like ripping off the band aid that it painfully comes away. Not the way you wanted it to. You know? Well,
0: you know, you may have to give up, uh, fornicating with women you may have to give up fornicating with men. I don't know your you know your sexual orientation if you're listening to this, but that's my point. You may have to give up something
1: that you think. For the is... record, he was not talking about. No, me I wasn't there. talking he about Shaylen. Like I, I said to
0: whoever's thing. listening, to whoever's listening, because I do, I wasn't trying to offend you, Chalen.
1: Just just, just want to go on the record here.
0: <laughs> Methinks he doth protest too much. Anyway, there's uh this this thing that that we all say is is our identity. Paul said, "I have no identity but that in Christ." Correct. We get a new identity in Christ. In fact, John, who reveals it in Revelation, says that Jesus has a new name even for all of us that we're going to have in, in the in the glorified body. We're going to have a whole new name. God has actually given us a name. He's called us for a purpose here while we are yet alive here on earth in our physical life. But, but in our glorified state, he's given us a whole new name
1: to go with that hey, body. Uh, it, it's... Like I said, this, this is just... I, this is what's, I, I guess it's the world of Twitter. I'm seeing, you know, there's two, there's two sites that I follow on Twitter. And one is bad preacher clips, <laughs> which is a lot of the King James only, but then there's also woke preacher clips. And oh. so you just listen to both of them and you just are like, where, you know, where is the. The middle ground. It, it, it makes me say this. There's no wonder you and I say it all the time. People are starving for good expository preaching that is teaching the Bible. No wonder why when this is what's out there, right? I mean, I don't know any other way to put it. I mean, well, hey,
0: it's. You know, I said that there was something about gospel that I wanted to mention. And we've 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 touched on it, but I wanna I wanna mention this. I, I was read. I was listening to a. They call it a WHI classic, so White Horse Inn classic. This was an episode from 2011 that they reran in I don't know, summer of uh, maybe spring, April or May of last year. Because I'm way behind on that show, but I do listen to it, and when I do, I, I kind of binge it, listen to four or five episodes, you know, in a day or two, and then I don't listen to it again for another month. You know, it just depends. But uh, they were discussing, and this, by the way, is Dr. Michael Horton, as well as other people like Kim yeah. Riddlebarger. And others who are reformed professors and things like that, and writers and preachers. Uh, but Horton starts it out by by listing the New York Times bestseller list under religion, Christianity, and spirituality. Uh huh. And oh, it's so sad. And one of them was uh, a Rob Bell. Love wins. You remember oh. when we read the book on hell? Well, uh, yeah. the, the only the best thing Francis Chan ever wrote, where he where he and the other guy said no, actually hell is real and I'm sorry, but the Bible tells you that hell is eternal and punishment in hell is eternal. I don't believe in annihilationism. Yeah, there it is. Erasing hell. They mentioned Rob Bell and they mentioned that book, Love Wins. So ironically
1: Sprinkle Sprinkle. Was
0: it okay. Didn't he go off the rails since then? Well so is Chan on some so is Chan on some issues. Chan went off the rails. Yeah he's become very ecumenical and all that.
1: But what do we what do we talk about? You do you throw out everything? Uh, no, because this actually he did a good job with this book. This was a really, really, really good book that he wrote. It was pithy. It was to the point. But it was. You know, I don't, I I don't know what happened after that. I mean, because after that it just we were off to the races. Well, you
0: know, he's been hanging out with Roman Catholics and different people and just kind of everybody's, everybody. Everybody everybody loves White. God, and if you love God, you're, you're 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 right. It doesn't matter if you're wrong. You're still right. Okay.
1: He's, well, he, he's been hanging out a lot with Todd White and those guys, too. That, yeah. That naming and claiming that we're talking about. I mean, yeah. It, but it's sad. Well, it, but once again, like we talked about, do we throw everything out? No, I'm well, not going to throw it out. Well, he out.
0: reads that list, and it, ironically, he concludes with something by Tim Keller and says there was a couple of spots on here where it's was like, well, at least this is something you could read. And it was Christ and His Cross by Tim Keller. And I'm like, mm-hmm. where's that, Tim Keller? obviously that was 2011, that's almost 11 years ago, and so because it was from July of 2011, this episode, so uh, Keller has changed a lot in those intervening years as well but, you know, I don't know how much these people knew Keller cool. or, or would have agreed with Keller to begin with, but like James White said recently, Keller's been drifting for over 10 years it's been obvious through his writings and his, but more importantly through his preaching and his social media and his appearances on regular media as well, but uh, what they talked about was these um, they mentioned um, a guy from uh, I don't remember if it was if it was Princeton Theological Seminary or if it was Westminster uh, Theological Seminary but um, Dr James Burgess, Burgess? or Berg Burge. oh I've
1: heard it no it's Burgess it's
0: it's, it's B U R G E and not it? Burge, uh, he he writes commentaries yeah. I've seen his name on some he of does. the okay apparently like he so he's co faculty with one of the people that's actually on the show they were talking about the Gary Burge did this thing a year or two earlier. So it was either in 2009 or 2010. A few semesters earlier where a freshman class that came in, he did surveys of all of his freshmen from, from the seminary for that whole year, for those two semesters. Anyone that came in that it was their first, seminer, first semester in seminary, he began to question them. And he get, what he did was he gave them a multiple, he gave them like a test, and they had to take these items and put them in historical order or put them in order of significance. And it's all things, items from scripture, correct? It was things yeah. like it was things like Noah's flood. It was things like Babylonian captivity of Judah. It was things like Moses, Abraham, uh Christ ascending into heaven, um, uh, all these different things. And they had to put them in order. It's shocking how many people couldn't get them right. Some of oh, these they yeah. he, he actually lists. Uh, Horton actually mentioned some of the questions, and I'm like, I've known that stuff since third and fourth grade. And he talked about these were people, Burge said, these are guys. These are the best and brightest coming from conservative evangelical Protestant churches with well-known pastors and well-known theologians that go to these churches. They've come through Sunday school, they've come through preaching and teaching, and now they've decided they've had the, felt the call to ministry of some sort. They're coming to seminary, and they can't answer things that they should have known since third or fourth, fifth grade at least. They they can't put these things in, in, in order. And he said that says some, so much about catechism. Now, growing up in, in my world, I thought of catechism as a dirty word. I thought it was Catholic, okay? I didn't know enough about historical Protestantism and Reformed theology to understand that, no, even the ancient church catechized their children and that I was actually being catechized in my own way. We are all going through catechesis growing up. Sure. Even an atheist is being catechized by his atheist father and mother, not to believe in Christianity, so we're all being catechized. It's what are we being catechized to? You know, you've heard it said, and I don't remember who it was that originally said. It someone you get someone theologically saved to, they're going to go from whatever it was you taught them and brought them to in salvation, and they're going to have a hard time progressing beyond that. Some people will, but if you give them easy believism, it's going to be hard for them to ever go beyond easy believism to a full reformed view of the faith. Right? They can. Sure. They can, because I know that, because I came from that. And so you, you can. But they pointed out these things, and it was scary. And it was like it was like that time we saw um, Todd Friel. And if you go online, you can often watch him on YouTube channel uh, for his show. You can watch him go to these college campuses and ask Christians. Often it's Christian colleges. Now, sometimes it's not. But it, but it's often Christian colleges, supposedly Christian people at seminaries and seminary students. And he asked them simple questions like, hey, you got three minutes. I'm dying. I'm laying out here bleeding out on the road. And I tell you, I don't want to die and go to hell. How do you teach me about Christ? What do you tell me? What is the gospel? What do I need to believe? And they can't tell you. And they can't. No. And that has been on my mind. Two things have been on my mind this week. And I told Sandy about it. And that I said today that I said, if something were to happen and Chaelin can't, record. That was before I sent you that text because I knew you were busy with your pastor's meeting. If you couldn't if he can't record, I'm going to do it I'm going to do an analysis of child sacrifice and the Bible. And here's why, Chalen Because I once had someone say to me um, that one of the things they were hung up on about Christianity and they don't know how to explain it when someone asks them, and they claim to be a Christian is what do you how do you deal with child sacrifice god killed his son right that's what they say god killed his own son abraham was asked to kill his son and at the last minute god spared him he had pity on abraham and he says now i know you you have faith because you're not even going to withhold your son from me so what that was a cruel test and it shouldn't have been done according to them their view of god and I'm going to address that at some point. I, I, I want us to address that at some point. Not today. That one's been on my mind. The other one is this, and this is the one that I think perhaps, as we're now in a new year, obviously we're already in, we're already in February, but because of all the things that's happened in our lives, we've not been able to put out a regular schedule of programs. We didn't give a list of things we were going to do this year. One of the things I want us to do is the gospel, a definition, a full definition, defining our terms. What is the gospel? And then I'd like to go from that into soteriology. And I mentioned earlier, uh, getting Pastor Tom, I'd like us to see if we can get a hold of uh, Jared and see if he'd like to be involved. Uh, I'm just, I'm springing this all on you because it just came, it's only, it's been on my mind. It's just been on my mind this morning that I think we should do it. We should do these things. Um, It feels like an impression, you know, like almost like the Holy Spirit's moving me to say this. (laughs) See what I did there? So what you're
1: saying (laughs) is indigestion. (laughs) Indigestion.
0: You had indigestion, and God spoke to you. No, I really do think, though, that uh, the push is there, that we needed to start talking about soteriology. I have some problems there. It's an an important subject, and I want us to do it in our own weird and wonderful way of defining what is the gospel, you know? Because, I mean, you think about it, people that call themselves evangelical, they get their name from the very word, in the Greek, Evangelion, right? hmm Evangelion of Mark is one of the early titles given. The Gospel. That's the Gospel of Mark. You'll find it in an early papyrus um, of Mark. And it's like um, where it didn't tear off. You know, where the beginnings and endings of books often tear off on the Old Scrolls. But uh, to see that, you know, evan- Evangelion, or however you say it. it. may not. I may have said, I said Jellion. I think it may be Evangelion. But uh, I want us to... To talk about the Gospel, and I don't just mean in a roundabout way this is what you do to be saved I don 't mean that I want them I want us to explain what the Gospel is in its purest and simple terms, because I know what it's not. I heard them on this episode talk about it. you've heard it said it's a personal relationship with God. Well, everybody has a personal relationship with God already, one way or the other they're either outside of God and they're the Son of perdition they're they're actually the spawn of Satan they're living in the flesh, or they're one of god's own it's it's one or the other, right? We all have a relationship with God. We're all either living under his judgment or we're living under his grace. And that's the difference between true gospel and just this man's religion, which is works.
1: Well, and here's the thing you know, a lot of people here, whom we know, won't agree with us when it comes to soteriology because a lot of stuff that we believe in soteriology would be mentioned in this man's book. <laughs> Hey, that's a blast from the past.
0: Was that, was a, that was a Christmas present a few years ago, wasn't it?
1: And this has been read through, and I love this. And it, it's now it's moving to the read-through markup phase. But He is showing a, a one-volume
0: edition of, is that Hendrickson that put it out? Hendrickson Publishers? Uh, yep. Yep, they do a lot of classic reprints. This is John Calvin's Institutes of the Christian Religion. And yep. uh, I remember when I gave you that, you were like, oh, look. Oh, it's so So this is,
1: yeah. look, outside, this this is going to get me in trouble. Outside of the Bible, this is what needs to be read.
0: Can I tell you something that shocked me? I may have told you this, what? but now I'm going to say it on the show because it's going to shock people. It shocked me to hear it. I do, I do listen to some people that I don't really agree with occasionally just because I, I need to hear what sure. the other side thinks. And while I consider him a liberal in many aspects and, and only conservative in, in the sense of the historical truth of the Gospels, you know, and what they were, what they say they are, is uh, the renowned British scholar and, the- and theologian N.T. Wright, right? Tom Wright. He made a statement in a recent episode of his show that I listened to called Ask N.T. Wright Anything. He said, if you pin me down on who is the greatest of the reformers, and he named a few of them, he names Tyndall, Zwingli. Luther, a couple others, and he names Calvin. And which one I think that I would, you would say I hold to most of their, uh, I think they did the best job of actually catechizing what, what the faith is and who did the best job of, of transmitting that through the Reformation and who actually held closest to what I think is biblical Christianity. You know what he said? If you pin me down, what? in that respect, I'm a Calvinist. He said, I yep. believe John Calvin was the best. He said, I also used to be, he, was, he called it predestinarian. And he he admitted it. You know, you told me that you had heard that it was either Don 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 Carson, DA Carson, or some other person that said that they knew him when he was younger and that he used to be Calvinistic. Apparently, he was. He admitted it there. He said, "I used to be a predestinarian. I'm not anymore."
1: I I knew he was. I know it was DA. And I know
0: James White, who's debated him as well, said Wright is probably one of the smartest men out there. He's almost too smart for his own good. He overthinks things. And I would say that he does overthink things. Sometimes it's brilliant. It, it's that I mean, Anglicanism that gets some... in the way that Anglicanism, man. You, you've heard uh, who was it? Uh, Todd Friel has said that. He was talking about John Stott as much as he loved John Stott. He was like sometimes John Stott's answers when he was just asked a, a simple answer was, was too much. He would go into he would, ta- he would give you 300 words when he couldn't give you a 30-word
1: response. It, and but I love John Stott: Oh I'm, I've got some Stott you know, books here. He I'd, somewhere up here, one of my favorite books, The Preacher's Portrait, is, is somebody that it is a book that everybody needs to read. Is that that's Stott? Yeah. Right? That's that's John. That's John Stott. And it's it's uh it's everybody needs to read it. I'm Help me. Well so hey,
0: um we're we're nearing the one hour mark. Um I'm gonna I guess we can just close it out, but uh I'm gonna ask you to do something that you did another thing you didn't know i was going to have you do i'm just going to ask you to we haven't done this in a while just say a prayer for our listeners for our world for our country for our neighbors to the north for our neighbors to the south for everybody just that's going through all the stuff we've been going through lately uh for the church in america and worldwide and for our listeners uh and we will commit to trying to as best we can stay on target stay on course we're going to have more guests in the future, and we are going to um, get back into doing some actual um, theology again. I, I think that'd be good for us. So we're going to commit to, if nothing else, defining our terms on the gospel and soteriology, and then we're going to do a series on soteriology. They may not always be connected. You know what I mean? Like sure. we may take breaks where we just have a where we have to talk about something that happened in the world, or we have to talk about. I hate to do this, but like that one time we we talked about. Zacharias, Robbie Zacharias. That one time we had to talk about the SB, the SBC. We've had to do that. There's been times when we've had to give our opinions on things because we and, want we want
1: you to know where we stand. Um, and we may do something. I'm gonna throw something on you then. Sure, sure. Um uh, we we may do something interesting. Uh I don't know if this'll work out. I think it would. Uh, but I am going to the Truth Matters conference. Uh, john yes, you are and that's coming up we we may i may take my laptop and we do a night kind of uh how is it going
0: like a roundup
1: Yeah, Talk about the day we're going to be there and the elders are going and um um uh, it'll be good but it may be something that we pop on and sure do a quick twi- 20 30 minute how's it going live from you know because i we're looking forward to that there's going to be you know, we're hoping Bodie's going to be there. We know some of the ones that's going to be there, but we're hoping Bodie's going to be there. So, um, well, if you can, along with the rest
0: of if it. you can find the time and 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 you're wanting to do that, I, yeah, we'll do that.
1: No, it'll problem. have to be at night. You know, after work, obviously with you. Yeah. So. But, yeah, uh, and if there's ever well, something that
0: happens and, and and schedules knock off, and and you still want to talk about what happened, uh, how many days is it?
1: We're there. We get there Tuesday night. Conference starts Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Okay. And then we're coming home Friday, I think.
0: Then we'll we'll find a way to do it and if if, if there's some sometime that something happens and I can't do it, get on get on it and make something up. Do do it yourself and then we'll just post it.
1: Yeah. All right. Sounds good. I will pray us and we'll be good and had a good time. Um and then um I'll pray us out. So, all right. all right, Father, we come to you today. We are so thankful for everything that you do in our lives. We pray for everything going on right now, as our world just seems to be in turmoil. We know that we can turn to you, the sovereign God of the universe. Uh, we know you. We can trust in you and rest in you for everything that happens. Uh, we pray for all those right now that are sick and hurting, and then there's some that's lost loved ones. As we uh, begin to seem to exit this pandemic, we pray that you continue to be with everybody involved, the leaders uh, trying to make the decisions. Um, we pray it should be with those that are in the decision-making process. Uh, we pray it should be with Roy and I that you strengthen this ministry, and we use it to glorify your name. And uh, we pray that everything we do brings honor and glory to you, and we ask it all in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chalen. All right. You, you have a good night, man. All right, man. And you know I love you. Take care. Ah, love you, buddy.
0: Bye-bye. <laughs>